Hey everyone, and welcome to the next shift edition of Hey Yo Radio. I'm Mark Gores. I'm joined as always by Scott. So, what's going on, Scott? How are you doing? Mark, I'm doing great. It's good to talk to you. We're going to do a sort of a quick hotline here about some of our thoughts over the weekend uh, from TakeOver leading into SummerSlam and then into Raw last night. Um, I'm doing a whole lot better now than I was when we uh, chatted earlier and then spoke. You talked me down off a ledge. Yeah. I, I had some very strong feelings here. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot to talk about here. Uh, it's not going to be a, a real long hotline here, but... Um, Basically, you know, we wanted to drop in and give our quick thoughts on specifically Keith Lee and how we should say his um, underwhelming Raw debut last night. Um, yes, I buckled and watched the show in its entirety. Three hours, I'll never get back. Um, but it was all from my man, Keith Lee. And I'll let me tell you, <laughs> I'm a very unhappy camper here tonight. The fact that you would watch Raw for three hours, that shows the level of dedication you have to Keith Lee. The man owes you a gratitude, yeah. a true debt of gratitude for, for sitting through that. That and then some, man. Yeah. Holy crap. Um, so I don't know. Do you want to start with Keith Lee or do you want to go back to TakeOver? Or, yeah, or, let's just take it uh, uh, in chronology uh, okay. if we can. So at TakeOver uh, 30 on Saturday night, uh, he had his title defense against Karrion Cross. I believe it was his second title defense, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And we saw Karrion uh, Cross emerge victorious um, over Keith Lee. We know that Karrion Cross now was injured during the match, so props to him for gutting it out. But I, I, I really struggled with him losing the title so quickly after being put over Adam Cole so strongly uh, at the Great American Bash. You know, holding the two titles, what a big deal it was. Adam Cole holding the title for well over a year. And uh, all of a sudden, here we are, what, a month later? And he's sort of been treated as a transitional champion. And I listened to Triple H in Triple H I Trust. And he said on the conference call afterwards, he said, well, you know, this is just part of his story. Okay. Didn't like it. Willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And then Sunday night came. But I'm going to hand it back to you. What were uh, your thoughts on, on Keith Lee and TakeOver? Well, yeah, I mean, this is part of his story. But, you know, I mean, as we were shown Sunday night because, you know, that they, they, um, they teased it Sunday night uh, about Monday. Um, his NXT story's over, and I hate that. Um, listen, you guys all know I, I love NXT. I don't watch Raw. I don't watch SmackDown. You know, I, I, I gutted it out for three hours last night to watch Raw. Um, TakeOver, to me... You know, there's a lot of people online saying, like, a whole lot of great things about it. To me, it was underwhelming, you know, from what I've gotten uh, accustomed to watching on a semi-regular basis here on the network from past takeovers. I don't think that this one stood up to a lot of the past shows. Um, I'm sad to see Keith Lee lose. Um, I don't see it in Carrying Cross. I think the guy's got a cool entrance, cool music. I haven't seen much from him in the ring. Um, as we, you know, we, we, for those who don't know, we had um, kind of a dry run of a uh, like a watch party um, Sunday night for for, uh, for SummerSlam, and it went pretty well, you know. So if anybody wants, uh, we'll do this on a regular basis for pay-per-views, takeovers, you name it. Um, 
I'm only able to have 10 people on there, so, you know, first come, first serve. But, um, but it's kind of cool. Uh, I will put links up in, um, uh, like in face on Facebook and stuff for for uh, for these things going forward. If you want in, by all means, you're more than welcome to. Uh, we just gonna hang around and talk about wrestling while we watch it. Um, live streamed in the uh, in the app. It's it's cool. Um, thanks to my friend Matt for uh, cluing me into the software. Um, but anyway, um, going back to Takeover, you know, again, carrying cross. I just I don't see it with him. I, I don't. I haven't seen enough out of him to be like, oh yeah, there's world champion material there. Um, it, it's just to me, it's like he, he's he's Bill Goldberg part uh, like 2.0. I, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, the guy's got no moves. You know, he, he's got that that um, that one suplex that he does a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got the uh, the cross jacket. Um, submission hold or just modified sleeper um, I don't know what else has he got uh, it, it just yeah Scarlet okay and she's I, I'm, just throwing, I'm just throwing out ideas here oh yeah, yeah she's good to look at but I mean come on you know here you have you have Keith Lee who, who is He's like a generational talent to me, you know. Somebody of his size and stature doing the things that he does in that ring. But he, those guys don't come around every day, you know. And, and you, you just, you don't. I, I don't know. You, you just, you, you don't screw with with somebody like that. I, I think that you really need to, you know, go balls to the wall with them, you know. The guy has definitely got something, you know. I think maybe his his promo work could use a little bit of uh, help, um, but I don't think they he's bad by any means. Uh, I just think of, of of the entire package. I think that's probably the, the the one thing that's kind of missing a little bit with him. But generally, you know, I, I love it. I love some people. You know, he, he's. he's great worker mm-hmm. and if you listen to something Samojo said on commentary and raw and i know i'm jumping ahead a little bit but this goes to what you're saying he made a sta- uh it was was it tom phillips who made the statement you know all the things he can do for a man his size and joe chimed in very quickly no the things he can do for any man at any size i mean he's just an exceptionally athletic guy you may not know it by looking at him at first glance okay he's he doesn't have the we'll, build we'll get to that later on you know, it reminds me of Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes didn't have the build, but you know what? For a run there, he you know he made a whole lot of money. He drew a lot of money. I mean, it can be done. You know, obviously nowadays everybody wants people well chiseled and built, but Keith Lee has something intrinsically from the build to the presentation to his personality. And and unfortunately, I don't think we got as much out of him as we could have um, in NXT with with such a short run. And I hate to use this term, Mark, and not to be offensive, but it comes across very transitional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel yeah, like whoever definitely. took the belt off Adam Cole, that's a big deal. So that person should be a big deal for a while. Oh, def- definitely. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't see why you don't keep the title on him. You know, I mean, he's the first, first double singles title holder in NXT history. And, 
you know, you have him drop one title uh, because, you know, I guess you can't hold two at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have him lose the other one a, a month later. It, uh, uh, come on. Yeah, th- there's got to be more out there for him, you know, and, and we'll get to what's more for him. And, and I hate what's more for him um, as we go on. But, you know, let, let's talk about more of like the rest of the show of NXT. Sure. Um, take over. And, Sunday night, you would ask me uh, about the Io Shirai and Dakota Kai match, and if I really, at any point um, in that match, if I really thought that Dakota Kai ever had a chance of winning, and to be honest, I didn't. Um, I like Dakota Kai. I think she's a, a great worker. I, I think she's she's coming along. Um, I always, you know, when she, when she first debuted in NXT, I saw her as like the next Bailey. You know, she just had that. Um, just overly like white meat baby face look to her, you know. And, and but she like, she didn't connect with the fans like Bailey did. Um, but and that, that that was something that I guess I could say like would be like a work in progress. Sure. Um, and then when she when she turned heel, I liked it. You know, I, I thought it was cool. She turned heel on. there made sense you know she she wasn't part of the um was it the war games match you know because somebody else t- took her spot and then she was and, and it's just, right. like that was good and, and because she, she was like an afterthought and, and if you're somebody who is an afterthought yeah you're, you're gonna want to lash out against those who made you that and let, let's let's go you know and it was good you know her, her feud with tegan knox I, I don't know that it really ever got out of first gear for me but um it, it, it was fine um again i just she's just kind of missing something whereas like an eo shirai she's a lot more of a complete package there you know much like a rhea ripley or um a, a lot of the other women's champions of the the current era in, in NXT, you know? So, like, I just didn't see Dakota as being on that level. You know, I'm, I'm happy that she got a shot, but it, it, this just wasn't going to be the night that she was going to go over. And I don't think that they did enough to make us believe that she actually had a shot, aside from Raquel Gonzalez being back in her corner. Well, and we've seen this from the WWE booking over the last 20 years. You know, there are plenty of times they'll insert someone in just for a pay-per-view or just for an event. And you know it's a placeholder. And I, I don't want in, to look at it an NXT card like that, but it kind of was that way. She was kind of holding down that spot to get the Women's Championship defended until they move on to wherever they're going to go from there. Um, nothing wrong with the match. It, it was fine. Um, but like I said, I, I didn't feel like... I didn't have an emotional investment because I never really believed going in she was going to win. And if she had won, think, would you have been like, oh, that's tremendous. You'd have been like, oh, okay. Well, that's that's something. I think part of that is ever since Charlotte won the NXT uh, Women's Championship, I, I don't think it's added value to it. In fact, I would argue it's it's dipped in value. And it's no shot at her because we all know she could hurt me. Um, but, but the reality of it is you put the belt on her you took the belt off of her without beating her. I just I don't understand how that that puts much value in the title. I know there there are some people that they just don't care about. You know, is there any value in the title? But in a worked sport, there's supposed to be some to the strap that is supposed to matter. That if you hold the belt, you're supposed to be pretty good. I mean, honky tonk man notwithstanding, but he was good in his own way. 
holding that sure. title. So mm-hmm. um, it was it was just okay for me. Um, nothing wrong with it. Um, it was there. Yeah, I figured Raquel would get involved in the end. Um, you know, which again, it's not what I love, but I understand it. That that's the way wrestling is. In but then in age. the end, the thing that I don't get, you know, Raquel is, is just as I termed it, she, she's the diesel to, to Dakota Kai, Shawn Michaels, you know, and, and that's mm-hmm. cool. I, I dig that, that, that just that, that whole dynamic, you know, mm-hmm. that that's cool. Um, but when Rhea Ripley gets in the ring after the match and Raquel Gonzalez backs off, I'm sorry, but diesel was never backing off from anybody. Right. And, and that, that's something I, I think that Raquel really should have stood her ground and they should have gone like blow for blow. You know, it's if she's going to have that role, she's got to play that role. Well, well, that's just it. If you're going to be that physically imposing, you have to be that physically imposing. Uh, it's like some of the bigger guys we'll see on independent shows where they're bumping around like cruiserweights. Well, if you're that big, you should be grounding and pounding. Keith Lee's a bit of an exception mm-hmm. in general at a certain size. I don't want to see you leave your feet unless somebody lays you out with a steel chair shot or something. And I'm not advocating for those. I'm just trying to make the point. You should physically impose your will. It's like a basketball player who is uh, six foot nine, but he doesn't, he doesn't play like a six foot nine uh, mm-hmm. power forward or center. If you play small, it doesn't matter how big you are. People are going to go around you and over you. You have to physically impose your will. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, if you're going to use Raquel Gonzalez in that, in that, uh, in that way, she has to physically impose. Don't back away from anybody because now how do I take you seriously as someone I should be afraid of? Yeah. You know, I love Rhea Ripley. She's not that physically imposing, at least from a height perspective. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It just, it was just kind of curious the way all that went down. Yeah. Um, Next up, we've got the ladder match. You know, Damian Priest defeated Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Johnny Gargano, and Velveteen Dream. Uh, it was a good match. You know, it's a ladder match, a lot of plunder. You know, it, it was good. Um, a few of the spots were a little bit too... Um, yes. Unbelievable. You know? Okay. Right. Uh, I'm sure that you'll, uh, you'll dive into that. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I really wanted, when we spoke about this uh, on the phone earlier, I really wanted to see Cameron Grimes win that thing. Uh, I really dig the guy. I, I think he's a great, like, chicken shit heel who, you know, he, he's undersized. He's not he's not the greatest built. Um, he's an asshole, you know, like, who takes the shortcuts to, to, to win. Um and he's cocky as all hell in doing it, and, and I love it. I, I think he's he's fantastic. You know, it's taken a little while for for him to grow on me, but man, I am a Cameron Grimes fan, and I want to see more out of that guy. And I think that like slapping the North American title on him would have helped a lot. You know, because there's nothing like having a, a a heel like him holding a title and and nobody being able to get it off of him. You know it. It's much like Adam Cole, but in a different way because Adam Cole can really back it up in the ring. And Cameron Grimes, like while he's a good wrestler, like he's not—he's not a great technical wrestler like Adam Cole. Yeah, he just kind of does what he needs to do to get by, and 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 it's so great, you know. But I don't know. I'm curious to see where they go with Damian Priest. Um, He's another one, you know. 
he, he he's kind of big, um, and he looks good. You know, he certainly comes off as like imposing on the microphone and, and, and in the ring. He's got like a good move set. Uh, another guy who flies a lot more than someone his size should. Um, his matches are pretty good, but I, somewhere there, there's to me there's just something with him that's just not connecting, and I don't know exactly what it is, but I, I'm not connecting with that character. Like I, I just I don't get that like the Archer thing. Uh, like okay, you know it, it just doesn't. It, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I'm missing something with him. I I okay, think congrats. I think yeah definitely. Uh, Next time, though, brother, take a shower before you jump in the hot tub uh, and celebrate. <laughs> that's just that's just my perspective, okay? And or how about not jump in the hot tub wearing fucking leather pants? I've never worn leather pants, so I can't really explain uh, understand how that would feel or not feel. And I don't see with my build that ever happening. But yeah, yeah. do something. Um, I I think part of Damian Priest's issue is he doesn't have a crowd to perform in front of right now, and I think that would flesh out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. of who he is and where he's going. I think not having a crowd, especially on the NXT side, hurts the connection with the audience far more than Raw or SmackDown because those are very formulaic. You know what you're getting every single week. Mm-hmm. And I, I almost worry on the NXT side because without a crowd of some type, and they couldn't even get Thunderdome, by the way. You know, they're still over there in the corner. <laughs> um, the, the little company that could, I guess. Um, oh, I, I don't mind that in the least. I, I much prefer that kind of presentation. Uh, for NXT, that then the uh, very very bright Thunderdome. I mean, it's, it, it's it's a different environment, man. It's almost like playing a video game to a degree. Yeah. Um, but but I think that hurts Damian Priest a little bit, not being able to mm-hmm. to flesh some things out with the crowd. As far as Cameron Grimes go, my God, when is the who is the last wrestler that imbibed that particular style of he cheated to win every chance he got because that's just what he does. He's just, he knows he can't do it on his own, so he's going to cheat. I was trying to think this afternoon, who's the last person that really was that way? He, he can go, don't get me wrong, but he chooses not to. I, um, I'm, try, I'm racking my he brain. Your favorite here. wrestler? Well, I'd rather not say. Cheat to win? Well, you know, it, it may have come up. Um, but, but, but the point is, he's got something, he's tapped into something. That has worked in wrestling for a very long time mm-hmm. and it works for him and again had they put the belt on him maybe a month or two ago I, i'd probably been even a little happier because i think he had a little more behind him then than say mm-hmm. going into this match but again it was an excellent showing i i just i like the guy and i want to see more from him um yeah. what did you think of uh bronson reed uh his performance um, I definitely dig. I, I definitely dug his uh, his entrance attire. You know, the, the whole like Bam Bam Bigelow look of cool. Um, he's impressive. You know, he's one of these guys. You know, he, he came in uh, as part of the um, the tournament uh, of like guys who just were looking to get a shot on NXT, and um, you know, he, he's an imposing character um he, he, he's a large man um mm-hmm. he, he moves very well for some of his, someone of his size uh I, I do like him i just i i think that he still has some more work to do to, to do before um i'd say that he's ready to be moved up um 
because it, it really it, it still is a move up. Um, we'll get onto that later on as well. Um, NXT is definitely not on the same level as Raw and SmackDown, sure. uh, as evidenced by um, what was it, uh, something that Samoa Joe said last night on Raw. Uh, <coughs> yes, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Joe. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I thought you know of everybody in this match, he was like kind of the one that I saw as like you know he's he's a step down from everybody else, but I thought that he really, like, he, he held his own in this match. I, I thought he did very well. And, I, you know, I had some, some acquaintances where we go back and forth, you know, why should he be in this match? Shouldn't it be somebody else? Realistically, who else should have been in this match that wasn't? Yeah. If you put Timothy Thatcher in it, or you put Finn Balor in it, in his place, does that make the match better? I can't argue that it makes the match better. I thought the match, ladder matches tend to be what they are. Um, a lot of plunder, a lot of train wreck, and, and we'll get to that here um, in some of the spots in a minute. But um, why not give the kid a chance? I mean, really, who's waiting there in the wings? Does does Finn Balor need it? No. Does Timothy Thatcher need it? Maybe more than Finn Balor does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad to see he got an opportunity. I had no expectation he was going to win. But how else do you build stars but pe- put people in with stars to give them a chance to shine like stars? Um, so I, I wasn't upset by that at all. Um, yeah. And, and to be honest, I think that Timothy Thatcher had a better, um, a better spotlight being in a singles match against Finn Balor than he would have had he been thrown into this ladder match. Yeah. Because at some point or another, it ends up a cluster of moves and finishers and, mm-hmm. and ladder spots. So, it, you know, it doesn't really give, give everyone the, the room to shine that, that I wish it did. But I thought he acquitted himself very, very well in the match. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see who else would have been in it. Oh yeah. There's uh there's another fellow, Johnny Gargano, who I don't think's one, but two matches since he turned heel. <laughs> um, he, he won his second chance match and got in over uh, a very large Ridge Holland who almost killed him uh, with the power yeah. slam uh, a couple of nights before. Um, I, th- I thought Johnny did well. I could have lived without the Candace uh, Hurricane Rana interference. Um, but it, but it is what Candace. it is. Yeah. You know, like she was thrown in. Um, I, I don't have a problem with her being thrown into the match. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it fits their characters. You know, they're, they're in it together and, th- and that's, that's cool. But how about not doing that against Cameron Grimes, who's like the one guy in this whole group that probably should be hitting a woman? Not that I want to see it, but if, if there's anybody in this group that, that, that should be like, you know, it, I don't care who you are. I, I'm, I'm going to do what I, what I need to do to win. That's right. Cameron Grimes. And maybe, I don't know, Cameron Grimes is not a babyface, so why not have her do something to Damien Priest, who, right, isn't he? He's a babyface, right? Is he? No, Bronson Reed is. I, you know what? Teen Dream is kind of um, teetering. <laughs> For more than one reason. Um, in all seriousness, though, that's, that's one thing that NXT has kind of morphed into. Who are your faces anymore? Keith Lee, uh, Dijakovic. Who else are solidly faces in that company? Bronson Reed, I guess. Yeah. It, if you've noticed over the last, well, really since since the pandemic, it's, it's really gone on the male side. It's, it's really gone away from faces. There are very mm-hmm. few 
legitimate faces, so to speak. And I, I don't know if that's by necessity just because they're having to recycle people or if that's, that's the, the booking mindset going forward. Well, you know, people don't like heels and faces anymore. There's shades of gray. And I agree. That's true. Um, but at the end of the day, there's I, lighter gray and there's darker gray. You there know, you go. There you go. A lot and of I, these people are tending to be more on the darker gray side. And see, I thought that's where Johnny Gargano was was going was going after you know he beat uh, Tommaso Ciampa in that match that you hated but I liked. Mm -hmm. um, you know they're doing the weird uh, vignettes at the dining room table with the cup on the the <laughs> table, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of dark. This should be interesting. Then almost immediately he's losing. She's losing. So what's the point now? Okay, you got over on Tommaso Ciampa. That that's your ultimate goal then in NXT. Now you're done. You achieved your goals. Well, I won the NXT uh, North American title, and look, I took out Tommaso Ciampa, although we all know he'll be back. Mm. Literally, that's all. This that's Wednesday. All. Yeah. How fortuitous for us to be recording tonight. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it just – okay. He was just kind of there because I feel like they needed an extra heel body. And he is Mr. Takeover, so we got to get him on yeah. there somehow. I mean, I guess that leads us to uh, Velveteen Dream being the last one, the last entrant. Yeah. Um, I, I have mixed feelings on it. I, I, I worry about for WWE as, as a, as a company supporting people without knowing full facts, you know, where I work, you know, they want full facts because there's a lot of liability on their hands. And I understand sure. that. Um, even an accusation is enough to is enough to cause or call things into question, whether it's proven or not. We still have to take a step back, and we need to take time. So I think they're making a mistake. That's just an opinion on my part. I don't know what did or did not happen. I'm not an investigator. Um, yeah. But, again, I don't feel like he needed to be in the match. No, I, I don't feel that there was anything that happened in this match that was specifically like Velveteen Dream. You know, that what he did in this match could have been done by anybody. You know, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't like, oh, my God, Velveteen Dream was amazing. No, he, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was there. He was just another body in there. Exactly. Um, and, and if that's the case, then why, why put the risk of even put him out there? Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately, going forward, it's a risk until, you know, you're cleared. It is a risk every time they're on TV. And I don't think he added to the match in any way other than he was a warm body. Yeah. And, and that brings me to the next thing. So if not Timothy Thatcher, if not Finn Balor, if not Velveteen Dream, who would have been the next person up? Who can you think of to say, man, if we could only slide him in? Yeah, I don't know. And, and the I short mean, answer, without really sitting down and looking at the roster, Dijakovic. thinking about I guess. He, he was supposed to be in this, remember? And then Loomis got hurt. Oh, Loomis too, yeah. He would have been true. in it. But um, all of a sudden, you're running kind of thin. Yeah. In top talent. And, you know, we've, we've ragged on Raw. We've ragged on SmackDown for years, you know, being thin on talent. Sometimes you look across the NXT side and there, there's some thinness there. They're one or two injuries away from being, ooh, uh, that's problematic. But anyway, Damian Priest gets the win. Um, I did not like the spot in the corner. We already talked about that on Sunday night. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's the atomic drop into the ladder, and so the person just leans up against the ladder. So I, I forget who it was that, that took the atomic drop, but Bronson Reed, go, you know, hits the splash in, into that person, into the ladder, where everybody stacked up. I think it was Grimes. Was it Grimes? Hated it. Absolutely hated it. I've got to suspend my disbelief, and that does not help. And then, and then there's Velveteen Dream, uh, you know, behind the ladder. And every time that that 
somebody gets slammed into the corner that ladder's whacking into dream's head and he's like oh you know like uh, come on I, I i get it you have to we have to be more and more creative with ladder matches but at a certain point we've seen it yeah um so i am not a huge fan of ladder matches but i know that the north american title has a you know it was started in the ladder match it has a history with ladder matches it's what it is um but again congratulations to damian priest i i hope this elevates him um but again without the crowd i don't know much like drew mcintyre i think he's lost a lot with having no crowd mm-hmm. uh to, to fend off of. i think damian priest is in the same same position um sure. it's what i expected it, it's not it wasn't a bad match at all I rather enjoyed it for the spectacle it was. Mm-hmm. But coming out of it, Gargano, he didn't advance, I don't think. I, um, I think the only one who looks better coming out of this is Bronson Reed. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. I mean, I, I look, yeah, I look forward to seeing what he can do. But beyond that, I, I didn't see a whole lot of elevation for, for anyone else in the match. So, mm-hmm. And previously, NXT has been very good about elevating people even in a loss you know we always talk about losses don't matter when you have good booking well uh, this one it's just one of those times where where people weren't elevated across the board um which i guess we touched on the two competitors in another match and that was finn balor uh timothy thatcher yeah what did you think i thought that was a great match um of everything on on this card um there were really two matches that i did like um that was one of them. Uh, the last one is the one that we'll be talking about um, to finish off our uh, NXT TakeOver talk. But uh, Finn Balor and Timothy Thatcher was good. Um, Timothy Thatcher comes across a, a, a little creepy to me. Um, just in the way that he wrestles. You know, we, we spoke about this on Sunday night. Um, you know, I, I look back at Stu Hart um, in the... Um, what was that movie called? Uh, Beyond the Mat. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he comes off as very creepy, like a very creepy old man who just likes to stretch people and, and, and almost like gets off on doing it. And it's just, it's really weird. And the way that Timothy Thatcher wrestles, like just reminds me of, of, of Stu Hart, which I, I guess that can be taken either way. Um, Stu Hart being the, you know, the, the, patriarch of the uh, the heart family uh, the, the heart family and everything and you know the, the reason why we got such amazing wrestlers and brett and uh, owen and uh, heck i i guess you could probably even throw like you know pillman and davy boy and, and uh jim neidhart and uh, you know all of them you know they, they all at one point sat under the uh the learning tree of Stu Hart, uh, i would imagine mm-hmm. um, so you know i mean he, he's God, you know, I, I mean, and that's that's just them. You know, you're talking. You, you can also talk like Chris Jericho and Lance Storm, and I, I mean, the, the list just goes on and on. You know, um, I, I guess Tim Thatcher. You know, if you're being talked about in, in the same light as, as Stu Hart in that sense, it's good. But if you're being talked about in the same light as I'm talking about, probably not that great. But um, I don't know. He he just. It's a weird one. It just is. You know, when we talked about this on Sunday night, um, you had you had made that that comparison. I thought that was pretty fair. To me, he reminds me a little bit of a of a kind of an amped up Dory Funk Jr., who would come out in his trunks and his boots and that just unremarkable jacket he would wear, yeah. and just go out there and take people apart. 
Um, now, granted, he always looked 20 years older than he really was at the time. Um, so Thatcher has has that going for him. At least he, he looks younger um, than Dory did. But yeah. but the dude can tie you up in knots. Maybe just a more sadistic or even maybe a meaner version of Jack Briscoe. I know he doesn't have the um, the background that, that Briscoe had in, in college being a legitimate All-American um, at Oklahoma. But he, he definitely has that, that vibe of... Um, you know, yes, he could hurt you. He'd be the one in Raw Underground that would scare me. I would just walk out and be like, nope, he ain't laying a hand on me um, if he were to appear on there. And I probably shouldn't say that because we know we have listeners in Stanford who, who sometimes take our advice. Um, but I thought it was yeah. a good match. I, I think Finn Balor, in a lot of ways, has, has had a little bit of a wrestling renaissance as far as getting to fully be Finn Balor, a whole lot of the Prince uh, from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Some people have been down on his run down there. I've actually enjoyed it. I mean, I don't expect him to be pushed to the moon. I don't expect him to be challenging for the championships. That's really not his role there. I don't. I don't feel like. And I thought it was a really good match. The only thing I would say diff- that surprised me was I didn't think Finn needed the win. But then again, looking back as we're talking now, I don't remember how many matches he's really won uh, since he's been back in NXT. So maybe he did yeah. uh, to keep him viable. Um, that's the only thing I would say about that. Ain't, a lot of people don't like that ground and pound style, uh, that, that you know, more mat-based wrestling. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of it because I don't see much of it. That's the kind of stuff you'd see um, in maybe the NWA back in the day. Nobody yeah. works that style on a national scale. So when you see it, it's like, oh, that's cool. I don't see it all the time. So I thought yeah. they both worked hard, and I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the match. And especially when you see somebody like Finn Balor, who you know is like a much more high-flying guy, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's cool to see him working that type of style, you know? Yeah, and, and, and not only is he working the style, he's not even missing a beat working the yeah. style. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it was good. I, that was one of the matches I really, really enjoyed on TakeOver was that one. And again, I don't want to call it a throwaway. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a featured match, but it was darn good. It, it was worthy of a TakeOver, I thought. Yeah. Now the other match that we want to talk about here, um, it's the last one on the on the card. You know, we're not talking the pre the pre show here. Um, we're not going to talk about Brizango's tremendous victory. Yeah, I don't like Brizango. <gasps> um, but anyway, um, yeah, and this was the match that we were not looking forward to at all. Um, Adam Cole and Pat McAfee, you know. We came on here uh, whenever it was, and, and we kind of crapped on McAfee. And you know, I don't want to say that you know we, we weren't right in doing this such. Um, there's a thing uh, about having like outsiders come into professional wrestling. A, a lot of times when they do come in, uh, they get put over the guys who who are here day in day out, and then they end up lo- and then they just leave, you know, because they're there for one match. And, they win that match yeah yeah you know it, it's 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 all fun and then the guy who lost to them just looks like crap because you know this is someone who kayfabe is supposed to be uh fighting for a living and here you've got somebody who's from outside of the sport coming in here supposed to be fighting for a living who's never done it before and they're beating this guy who who's who's a who's a who's a fighter you know and, and and it just comes off really bad. And for once, you know, Pat McAfee shows up here. Not only did he lose to Adam Cole, which was good, but the dude showed up. You know, the dude showed up with his working boots, 
And the only thing, I, I have one complaint about the entire match here at Pat McAfee is that when Adam Cole hit the backstabber, Pat McAfee jumped. Like, seriously, that's all I can say bad about what Pat, what Pat McAfee did on Saturday night. Like, fantastic. You know, my hat's off to him. You, you know, if you want to come back, you know, in, in a couple of months or whatever, you're more than welcome to, dude. So I was vocal. I was outspoken. And I will always come clean and be honest. I did not expect much going in. I'm going to lay it out in three parts. First, Adam Cole is one heck of a ring general because mm-hmm. he called that match, and it was excellent. If you put someone lesser caliber than Adam Cole in that match, I don't believe it holds up as well. I think it had just as much to do with who Pat McAfee was competing against as much as what he did. Second thing, sure. um, he brought his working boots. You're the one who said that to me Saturday night in the chat when we were going back and forth. <laughs> he did bring his working boots. He, You know, you see people get involved in wrestling – there's always the Jay Leno, but for every Jay Leno, there's a Carl Malone, even um, you know, there's a Pat Mack, someone who's serious about it and loves it and wants to do their very best in it, whatever level that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I was blown away, uh, but now that leads me to, to point number three. He made a statement and he kind of he waffled on this over the last two uh, NXT episodes, and that's fine. Continuity is still pretty good with him. That is, he said, I only get two weeks to train, and then it was, well, I had a month to train. Well, whichever it was. If you can pull that off in a month, and I, let's just go with his numbers, because I'm pretty sure he'd been training for a lot longer than that. Yeah. But but the one thing you have to be careful is, is when you say, well, I've only been training for a month. Well, if you can pull that off in 12 months, then there's a whole bunch of people that should be able to pull that off, uh, you know, yeah. with 12 or a month or, or a couple of weeks. And, but I get it. He's a tremendous athlete. He's in great shape. I'll Dude, be honest. He did a backflip off the top rope and landed on his feet. Yes, he did. And I'll be honest, man. I, I was like, "Holy cow!" It was almost. It was almost. Well, no, I'm not gonna say almost. Let me let me walk that back. It was better than the Rodman arm drag that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. When he hit that, I'm like, "Holy crap, dude!" Well, I knew he was an athlete, but um, I, I will say this though: um, it was nice to see real football players involved um, in the lead up to it, not a WWE people playing football players. Yeah. Um, I, I thought for the short amount of time they had. They set this up as well as they were going to, and that's part. That was part of my issue going into this: is this is rushed. The final product was really good, but I would have liked more exposition around it. Um, I will give Adam Cole credit. There was there was no babyface in all this, really. He'll you know Cole's a heel, McAfee the heel. Cole played it perfectly, even up to the match, uh, the in-ring segment on NXT last week, where he just backed up in the corner. He's like, "All right, get it all out." I mean, you know, in WWE, we stand right in front of each other nose to nose and people just insult each other for 15 minutes and no one lands a blow. That They were very smart. They're like, no, nope, get it all out because when you're done, I'm going to hurt you. But go ahead. And I, I thought that was really well done. I would just like to have seen more in the buildup. A, a lot of what we saw in TakeOver felt rushed. Um, you know, yeah. it's no longer, hey, we're going to have one every three months. Um, now things are coming a whole lot quicker. Plus, we're doing two hours of TV every week on USA. It's it's a stressful thing, you know. We make fun of Raw and SmackDown for having what five hours every week, mm-hmm. but NXT, depending on the week, could very well be three hours or more, depending if Two Hundred Five Live is taping. Um, yeah. So it's a lot, and but you know what? My hats off to Pat McAfee. I'll walk it back. I didn't I didn't think he had it in him, and it made for an enjoyable match. I was genuinely happy 
when that match was over, like, wow, I saw something good. And if he wants to come back and wrestle, man, by all means, come on back. But I would caution them, be careful who you put him in with. Mm. Um, yeah, not everybody's Adam Cole, you know. But at the same time, you know, like, you know, I, I, I did mention the, uh, the backflip off the top rope. Mm-hmm. McAfee also also took the um, the Panama Sunrise, you know, and, and I mean that, that that's the it's the same as the uh, the Canadian uh, Destroyer, which is all on Pat McAfee. Mm-hmm. It is on him to do a backflip and land on his head. Like that's that's impressive. Wait, you're that, saying that when Ricky just... Morton does it in AEW, it's not on him? Yeah. <laughs> huh. My bad. I thought the sixty-year-old yeah. would be pulling it off. My bad. Yeah, my my hats off to Pat McAfee. That that was yeah. a heck of a match, and of course Adam Cole too. Adam Cole's oh boy, is Adam Cole an amazing talent? You know, I mean, I mean to put that whole thing together with with, with McAfee and and just walk him through that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Bravo, bravo. And, and the other thing I want to say in celebration of Pat McAfee is. If I were teaching a wrestling class, and believe me, I wouldn't know where to start. Okay, I'm not. I, but if I were, I would imagine I would I would have uh, recordings of Pat McAfee's last couple of interviews and promos. Sit down, and say, everybody, watch this. You want to get people to hate you? You do what he does. Because I hated it. I wanted to see him get punched in the face yeah. legitimately. Yeah. You know what? He got it. He has a delivery, and you know, being a talk show host doesn't hurt if you're very good at it. You can rile people up. But, you know, he put the package together. Um, and now I'm just going to refer to the kick. Uh, Randy Orton is no longer the kick. It's the McAfee from now on. <laughs> it's the McAfee. Because remember, boys and girls, one kick laid out Adam Cole. And we'll uh, we'll get to that here uh, yeah. in just a little bit too. But um, overall, TakeOver was okay. I, but you know what? I, I didn't leave it loving. I just left going, okay, I, I had a couple hours of good wrestling. It didn't change my life any. In fact – Felt kind of, kind of like a main roster paper. And as I walked away, I'm like, okay, saw some good wrestling. Didn't love it. Didn't hate it. I, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's not some of the warm fuzzies that I've had for other shows. And uh, I guess that really leads us. We talked about the uh, Keith Lee carrying cross match. Um, yeah. So that really leads us into SummerSlam. And we're we're all hanging out. We're talking. We're kicking it. We're trying some new stuff. And. We're talking, and Mark and I are talking like, hey, so what do you think you're going to do with Keith Lee? Do you think they'll call him up? Mark's like, nah, no, they won't do that. And it wasn't even like 10 seconds later, they flashed the graphic up on, on our screen. Tomorrow night on Raw, Keith Lee. And I'm not going to repeat what Mark said because I'm a respectful person. But it, it was ugly. It was an ugly, he said. Thank goodness the twins were not around to hear daddy say those ugly words. Um, but, but you had a legitimate visceral reaction to seeing that. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to take I'm going to take a step back, and I'm just going to let you kind of explain to the people what what were you feeling when you saw that? Why why that reaction? Because you know, I, I mean, this is the guy who you know we, we were just talking about like so. I guess Keith Lee is is, is a transitional champion. It's like why would they take t- take the belt off of him so fast? Yeah, and, and boom, here we are. We're on a Monday Night Raw. It's like fuck you. You know, like just. Come on, this is really what you had planned for this guy? This guy who's going to beat your your champion of well over a year, the longest reigning NXT champion of all time, and you put two belts on him, and uh, and yeah, he's got to surrender one. You know, just the Ultimate Warrior did the same thing. No big deal, you know. Mm-hmm. But still, like, really, a month later, 
don't tell me that this is what was planned for him because I, I don't believe that for a fucking second. I don't think so either. I think it was a last-minute decision. Um, so that that kind of soured a little bit of SummerSlam, although there were some good matches in it we talked about and we saw, and there was some good stuff. But again, I expect that on main roster pay-per-views. There's always going to be a few things that I really like, and some, well, it is what it is. But that takes us to Monday night. Yeah. And Randy Orton uh, is in the ring, cutting a promo. And all of a sudden, some music hits, and I don't recognize what it is. Because well, I've never I, heard of it. Before. I recognize the very beginning of it. Well, yes, but you know, there, there is that little hook at the beginning of it that, that, that was very um, memorable to, to me. You know, there is a hook at the beginning, but the overall structure of the song beyond that, I'm like, well, that doesn't sound right. That's that's not what I'm used to. And sure enough, there's Keith, you know there's Keith Lee's name up on the screen. He's coming out. And I'm like. Oh no, they changed his song. That means when we do his career on NXT, that's more music we have to do. No, um But but in all not seriousness Go ahead. Not, not only that, but one of the really cool things about Keith Lee's song is that he sings it. Mm-hmm. Like that's his voice. You know, like you gotta take that away from him? Come on. Yeah, this is Shawn Michaels, you know, it's a, it's just, it's the same thing, you know, like why, why would you take a guy who who sings his own his own uh, entrance music, and it's so like personalized to him, and you just take that away and and just give him some fucking random bullshit music that you know, doesn't signify that it's going to be him, other than the old basket in his glory uh, beginning. You know, it, it just like so, can you, I, I mean, and there's more that they screwed up with him, but you know that that's that's how he comes out. Right, and I'll, I have some I have some notes written down to talk about why I think they did that, and we'll get into that at the end because I want to fully flesh this out. But he comes out, um, he introduces himself to Randy Orton, which, first of all, he should not need to do, whether it was from Survivor Series last year or for the Royal Rumble this year. Uh, plus the fact he lives in your own universe of TV programs and brands, he shouldn't need to introduce himself. That's strike one. Um... Strike two. He was in the Royal Rumble. He was yeah. in the Survivor Series. Yeah. yeah. Like, kind of a big deal there. Yeah. Yeah, Roman Reigns. He, he, only, went, he, he only went head to head against Brock Lesnar. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we act like we have no idea who he is. So, again, NXT gets devalued because, all you know, all of a sudden we don't know who uh, their their uh, their champion was. Yeah. Wait, he, he held two belts at one time, but he's, he's not important enough to be on my radar as to who he is. It just doesn't make logical sense. Number one, number two, it devalues the talent. Number three, it devalues the brand. Anyway, oh, more devaluing the brand coming up too. I promise I'll give you more. So they they have the encounter. He's defending basically Drew McIntyre's honor. Um, Did you know that they were friends? I, you know what? I didn't know Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart were friends, but at that WrestleMania, I found out when when Bret cheered him on to go beat Yokozuna. That's when I learned of it. His good friend Bret Hart, I believe, uh, Tim Ross said. <laughs> so, so his good friend Keith Lee comes out. Uh, speaking of uh, Drew McIntyre, I got to get my pronouns right. And um, so he's gonna he's gonna be defensive of, of Drew McIntyre, you know, and, and his treatment of him. I guess he didn't see the fact that Drew beat him with a backslide. Again, we, we talked about this on Sunday night. Not since Kerry Von Eric, Ric Flair, have I seen a 
world title match end in a backslide. I, I thought that was kind of cool, actually. Like, yeah, it was no, great. I'm like, no finish? It was like a surprise out of nowhere. Cool. It's good to see those every once in a while. Yeah, but we he, were even like, whoa. Yeah. Really? That, that's the finish? Yeah, I'm like, that's you got me. I didn't see that coming. And he challenged him to a match, and Randy Orton does the time-honored heel thing. Nope. Not gonna do it. And Walk, walk, walk me through the steps here, but I believe as he's rolling out of the ring, Samoa Joe will then utter the words, and it's not an exact quote, talking about how smart Randy Orton was, welcome to the big time, kid. And I just got angrier and angrier because welcome to the freaking big time. I thought you told me that NXT was one of, NXT was one of the three brands that matter. They're all equal footing. But yet continual. Hey, NXT won the Survivor Series. Nah, that was so last year. Though. Yeah. But you're right. But yet again, you reinforce over and over. NXT doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I know. I know. Triple H in the back's got to just be like, oh God, make it stop. But the reality of it is, it's not going to stop. And they actually have a match. It, there's nothing to it. It's what five, six, seven minute match. It yeah. wasn't super exciting. And for the record, Keith Lee didn't dominate. Um, Randy Orton had him beat. You know, he's going for the RKO, and then all of a sudden Drew McIntyre has to come out and pull Randy Orton out of the ring to save Keith Lee, who who I thought was there to avenge the honor of Drew McIntyre. So in his first match, he has to be saved by his by his quote-unquote good friend. Yeah. That's your debut? That's what you came up with? And I, I jumped past one mark, and I'm sorry because I know you had some strong feelings on it. When he, oh, first, yeah. when he first came out, and I apologize for jumping out of sequence, but it just popped back into my head. Talk about Keith Lee and his gear, because I know you want okay. to get at that. Now, I, you know, we've we've been over his gear in the past. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was a, uh, what was it? It was one of the takeovers that he came out, that they, uh, when he won the North American title, uh, he came out, he wore the uh, the jacket that said Black Lives Matter. It was all over his, his yep. uh his tights, cool, you know, mm -hmm. good stuff, you know. Um, yeah, now he's wearing the basket my glory, good stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Um but the the Keith Lee the, the the view of Keith Lee that you always get is that he you know he wears the um not the trunks but like the shorts, you know, and mm -hmm. and that's it, you know. I, he's a larger man, you yeah. know, but that's part of his package, you know, that that's part of what you get with Keith Lee. You know, he's a big dude and, and why not play that up? You know, yeah, he's kind of fat, big deal. You know, the, the dude does stuff that guys like a quarter his size don't do. You know, I mean, I didn't see Randy Orton going up to the top rope and, and doing a, uh, doing a Spanish fly, you know, like this is a guy who, who's a lot more athletically built than, than Keith Lee, but yet Keith Lee does stuff that nobody does. Um, but no, here here he is. You know, he comes out and he's wearing his, uh, you know, his little like um, hoodie with the sleeves cut off, looking good. Takes off that hoodie with the sleeves, and he's got a shirt on. Are you fucking kidding me? Like he's got a shirt on. Oh, I guess Vince didn't like the way he looked without a shirt. You know, come on, let let's fat shame the guy. You know. This is the guy that you wanted to bring up to Monday Night Raw. Why don't you use him for what you have him there for? Let him be himself. 
But no, instead, you know, Vince is, is always saying like, we just, we need more new stars. We need more new stars. Well, here you got a new star and you're going and changing them and you're making them something that he's not. And this is what you're going to get. And now he's a piece of crap because of the way you treated him. And he's not going to be what he could be. You know, this is, this is typical. This is typical Vince. And this is what we get all the time. And this is why we do our show that we do, where we look at, the NXT run, and we look at the main roster run. And most of the time, the main roster run of these people fucking sucks. You know, that they're on here on NXT on a weekly basis, having amazing matches. Their characters are getting over. They're really doing great mic work. And they go up to Monday Night Raw, and they're given scripts, and they're given new looks, new music. And it, what, what are you doing? You know, what, what are you doing for two years down, the main, down in NXT? You bring them up to the main roster and just completely change them. I, I don't understand. Like, the, it's your own developmental system. This is what you're supposed to be preparing them for. So why don't you just use the person the same way that you've used them over the last two years? And maybe you know, they maybe they come in and, and they need to work on something a little bit. You know, Bobby Roode came in. He was missing something. He got the uh, the glorious gimmick. Boom! The guy's a star. Goes up to the main roster. And what's what's he doing now? He, he's nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it, this is the same bullshit that Vince always plays, and, and it's another person that we all get behind in NXT, and on the main roster he's nothing. You know, like we we were talking earlier on the on the phone in the car. Um, what's Matt Riddle doing right now, bro? He's shooting with uh, Baron. Uh, excuse me, King Corbin on SmackDown. Okay. Now he he debuted and he was feuding with AJ Styles, right? Right. He had that fantastic uh, intercontinental title match with AJ, and then just kind of mm-hmm. kind of settled into a mid card feud or maybe a little lower with uh, Baron Corbin, <clears throat> King Corbin. Excuse me. Yeah. Um. So so to your point about creating stars. So, and, and I am going somewhere with this. Mm-hmm. Wednesday night NXT was unopposed by AEW. You're not a fan of AEW. I watch it sporadically to get that out on the table. But they had a free night to themselves. They didn't even break a million views. Uh, They were up, I think, 200,000. That's it. Um, And I may be uh, off a little bit on the numbers. Without question, there was disappointment in Titan Towers because they expected higher numbers, and they didn't get it. What that tells me is, you know what, AEW's got a built-in audience that they love their AEW because if you Mm -hmm. look at their Saturday night ratings, they were only 30-something thousand off their normal Wednesday night rating. That means those people, their fans, followed them to Saturday night. Mm -hmm. That looks really good to a network executive when, oh, we put them on a Saturday night at 6 o'clock, not 6.05, 6 (laughs) o'clock, and almost all of their fan base showed up. We got something here. It may not be huge, yeah. but maybe we can work something here. Oh, and by the way, we were that that made them three out of the top five or six uh, cable uh, shows that night. I mean, so Warner's happy about that. Heck, they're adding Shaquille O'Neal into the mix, or they're trying to talk it up, right? Because he works for the NBA on TNT. The point is, NXT didn't draw the the, the people I thought they would draw. You know, I'm a wrestling fan. I thought, hey, you know, people watch wrestling because now Wednesday nights a habit. Dude, it didn't happen. So that tells me is. Both brands have their built-in. They're not pull. I don't think they're pulling one from the other. I think I was wrong all along talking about a war. I think they're just two completely separate fan bases after yeah. seeing that. 
so here's where I'm going. So if they drew 800,000, let's say, on Wednesday night, what does Raw draw on a typical week? 1.9, 1.8, 1.7? Just depends, right? But let's give them yeah. 2 million. Let's give me a nice round number. That's at least double what NXT does, if not more. So my thought is half of the people watching Raw, let's just transpose the number, have no idea who Keith Lee is other than seeing him on uh, Survivor Series or at the, in the Rumble. That's all they know. So you've got a huge audience to expose him to, and that's what you came up with on Monday night? That was your go-to move? And I told you this on the phone. I'm going to be very careful how I, how I say this. Uh, my wife and I uh, were raising – when you hear me talk about my, my little kids, they're, they're my grandchildren. My wife and I are raising our, our two oldest grandkids, and they're biracial. And do you know how nice it would be to sit down with Kim, who's the younger of the two, and she loves wrestling. Kyla's kind of 13 going on 14. She's just icky now about everything. But mm -hmm. Kim still likes to sit with Poppy and watch wrestling and talk about it. She was so excited to see uh, Bianca Belair. You want to take a guess why, Mark, why she was happy to see Bianca Belair? I have a good idea. I'll say it because she looks like her. Exactly. And then she sees Keith Lee and she hears, because we watched NXT last week and she does, she doesn't watch NXT and now she's watching with me. She's like, Poppy, that was pretty cool. And I'm talking about Keith Lee and all this. And she's like, oh, okay. And she's looking at him and goes, Hey, he, he looks like me. Mm -hmm. But then on Monday night, and we haven't watched this together yet. Cause I'm, they actually put me back in the field for work this week. So pray for me y'all. No, um, we didn't haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it. So all that stuff I told her about Keith Lee and how great he was and bask in his glory. And she thought that was cool. And she liked how he looked and, and blah, blah, blah. Now when he goes to raw, she's going to go, wow, Randy Orton beat him up really good. He came from NXT. So maybe NXT is not, if he's the best, maybe NXT is not that good. Mm -hmm. And that's part one, part two, it's a missed opportunity, especially in the days in which we live. We know how important uh, social issues are to, to, to Keith Lee and to others as well. Um, that's how you want to represent someone who could be the face of your company. Think about a story, slept in his car, mistreated, abused, rises to the top, man. You don't think I want my granddaughter, my baby to sit and listen to him talk and say, baby, you can be anything you want. Don't let anything hold you back. Look at him. And you have that right in your hands. And that's what you come up with. And that infuriates Slap me back down. <laughs> At the parental level, that infuriates me because take Keith Lee out of the equation. WWE doesn't have a good track record for promoting ethnicities. They, they, it's just, I mean, we have the street profits of the tag champs walking around with the red solo cup. So we kind of, we kind of sidestep that in our house, you know, um, beyond that, you know, you really need, and they, I understand they're very diverse behind the scenes. And, you know, we have the women's revolution and all really wish I really wish people would have a little more forethought with some of these talents that are coming up because I, it's not, it's not even about leaving money on the table for me anymore, Mark. It's like, think about the good you can do and still make money. Wouldn't it be nice if you could have both? And I believe they can and yet continually they miss the mark and all that's leading me to this, man. It's hard now to go back and watch NXT tomorrow night when I get back to my room. Well, I have to watch it. I have to watch uh, watch it late because of work. But now I'm going to watch the next scene. I'm going to sit there and go, this is great. I'm just waiting for them to call the next person up and bury them. And it, I got to tell you, man, it, it's a little bit of a mental struggle. Yeah. You know, we've talked about it on plenty of, of episodes of, of Hey Yo Radio, and y'all can go back and find those. But um, 
this one probably hurts the most because it's so new and so fresh. And, you, and I felt like he called him up unnecessarily. There, there's still work to be done, so to speak, down there. And, and now you debut him in this way, so what are you going to do? You haven't beat Randy Orton at payback on Sunday? You missed your opportunity to do that. He could have come out, dominated Randy Orton, shocked him, hit his finish on him, and just, and just squashed him. Would that have hurt Randy Orton? No. It would have made Keith Lee look like a star to a bunch of people who've never seen him before. Yeah, because here, here's the other thing, you know. I mean, he could have debuted against like an enhancement talent, and and I'm glad that he debuted against Randy Orton. That's cool, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be debuting on Raw, like the top dog in Raw, I, I believe, you know, from the people that I saw on that show last night, the top dog is Randy Orton. You know, in, in my eyes, you know. Fine, I, I don't have a problem with that, but you know what? Just use him better. You know, it's not going to hurt Randy to lose. Like, really, it, it's not. The dude's been there for what, like, sixteen years or something, somewhere like that. Oh, every bit of it, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, Randy Orton can lose. It's not going to hurt him. But this is just not the way you debut somebody like Keith Lee. You know, if you want to make him a big star, make him a big star. Do, do what you're supposed to do. Make people don't. Don't use people who who your who your son-in-law made down in NXT to to make your people relevant again. You know, and again, the whole goal of bringing people up should be to put the shine on your program and on those people. And for whatever reason, I just I, I don't get it. I, I just I don't, and it gets harder and harder to invest. It, it really does for for me as a fan. Will I still watch it? Yes, but you know what? After a certain point, my enthusiasm it it wanes. That's why I don't watch Raw or SmackDown anymore. Yeah, so, you know it's almost a I mean, point now. Back, Go ahead. Sorry, uh, going back like what ten years ago? You know, I, I was you know before I was married, I lived in my apartment. My friends would come over. Yeah, you know, we, we would be sitting there watching wrestling on Monday nights on. I guess it was Thursday nights with SmackDown. Um, yeah, I mean we watch TNA. We, we, you know, we watch it all. Like this was, this was good stuff. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I mean NXT wasn't even around yet. You know, but you know, all these years later, you know, I found NXT. I love NXT. Even that's starting to wane a little bit now. Um, what do I watch? You know, I I watch NXT. I don't watch Raw or SmackDown because I, I just I can't sit through five hours of tv on a weekly basis i've i've got kids you know but like it's just i've got better things to watch and to be honest like when it comes to watching tv you know what i watch i watch a lot of i I watch a lot of reruns of star trek because Mm -hmm. you know what it's better tv and it's only an hour long and i don't have to devote that much time into it and i've already seen it so many times but you know, go, going back and reliving those stories, great stuff. Mm-hmm. And But I'd rather watch that than, than sit and watch Monday Night Raw. Yeah. And again, if, if someone like you or someone like VP Jen uh, across the border, if, if, if when you start feeling that way, that's a dangerous thing for WWE as a whole. You know, I'm looking here at Payback, which is going to take place on Sunday night. And I'm looking at it and I'm just like, okay. So they've announced Randy Orton versus Keith Lee. They did announce it. Should I be okay. excited? Should I be excited? Why should we? I, I don't know. 
I just I, – I, I don't know what this match is going to prove. Or do, you, do you just put Randy Orton over him and completely bury him? I don't – dude, I have no idea what Crazy Grandpa is going to do. We, we talked about it before we came on the air. He, he shows up to Raw at 7.30. It's his birthday. Well, brother, you're 75. Go enjoy your birthday. You ought to. And then he tears everything up and starts rewriting it at 7.30 for a 9 o'clock broadcast. <laughs> well, <sighs> logic's out the window. I mean – I don't know. What do you do? Yeah, my God. One, one thing I gotta say, it was really funny uh, on our on our call the other night. So I don't know if you remember how the uh, how SummerSlam ended, but after uh, Bray Wyatt won the Universal Title, uh, someone made a um, return <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that. My friend Matt, uh, somebody in his house was watching it and is like, "Oh, I, I like they, they missed the end of the match." Oh yeah, uh, Wyatt won. Uh, who's that guy? Yep. W- which was the line of the night? Like, who's who's Roman Reigns? He's the face of your company, and somebody who apparently watches your show doesn't know who the fuck he is. But you know what? It. We're we're at the point now where you have the long-standing fans who watch every week. And that's where your numbers stay stay pretty consistent. And you're not drawing anybody else. Or everyone will just tune in every once in a while to see if anything catches their eye. Well, quite obviously, it doesn't work. It, it's not catching people. Yeah. And, and it's good to see Roman back. I hope he's in a healthy, safe environment when they're doing these shows. I really, really, really do. But um, that's part of the problem. Yeah, one thing I did notice about Roman was uh, – and, and even uh, Mark Henry on Monday too. But, but – Specifically, Roman on on Sunday. Um, to me, his hair and his and his beard, to me, looked extra black. Like like, I, I wonder why. I you know like. Hmm. It, it are are you insinuating natural. something, sir? It didn't Ma- look natural. And, and when Mark Henry came out, I know what Mark Henry looks like. I know he's got gray in his beard. It's cool. We all do. Sure. We get older. It happens. Um. That gray was not in his beard on Monday night, but it was, his beard wasn't all one color either. Hmm. There was brown. That the, there was the dark brown, and then there was a little bit lighter brown. Hmm. Like, why can't people age? Well, if that were the case, Mark, we wouldn't have just for men. Remember that. Yeah. No, but in all seriousness, WWE is a TV product, and you know we can't have that. No, we can't we, we can't have gray out there. Um, but again, just, just finish up my thoughts on the whole Keith Lee in the weekend. Um, I'm a disappointed NXT fan. Um, I didn't love him losing the title on on Saturday night, but you know what? At least I would have been like, well, let's see what they do. Uh And then Sunday night hit and I'm like, well, screw that. What's the point? Um, we'll see what carrying cross does, but you know what? I know we don't have rematches anymore because of that genius rule. But I really would have liked to have seen a rematch with him and uh, Karrion Cross, at least. Um, and, you, and you can say that, like, you know, maybe this, you know, okay, so you got Tommaso Ciampa coming back on Wednesday night, so he's going to be gunning for Karrion Cross, who put him out. Uh, okay, but still, like, I, I don't know. To, to me, like, and I, talk, I talked about this on Sunday night, too. Um, Danny Birch got more offense in on carrying cross than Tommaso Ciampa did. Like, 
and, and I can't fathom why. When he had his match with Karrion Cross on uh, on NXT a couple of weeks ago, he got a lot more offense in on on Karrion Cross, and and I mean, Champa was just he was a he was a doormat for the guy. I I I don't know. To me, that those two guys are on two completely different levels within the NXT universe. Sure, and uh, that I don't know whoever is booking those two nights. Uh, I would guess that they're probably two different people and maybe they need to talk to each other. I, I guess. Um, I, I, I don't know. We'll see where they go tomorrow night, but um, I know we really want to just get this up, just kind of vent our feelings to our listeners and uh, just kind mm-hmm. of get our voice on the record. Um, and believe me, we don't like coming on here and just being like, crapping on the product and everything yeah you know we 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 joke and stuff about the uh you know raw and smackdown being crap compared to nxc but you know to me like this whole weekend was was just a load of bullshit you know like top to bottom i I mean there there was there was a couple of bright spots you know but aside from that it it just none of it really it's really worked you know what it's like any other time we see a wwe branded pay-per-view there's some good wrestling on it um always because you've got talented people on it um i just i just didn't love it so again no knock on them i just it just wasn't for me i mean everybody everybody likes what they like it's fine i just i would have liked a a little bit more logical booking so Mm -hmm. so that's mark that's all i've got yeah, I, I have yeah. now cleansed my soul. <laughs> yeah, I guess that'll make two of us. Um, I know you usually like to leave these things on a high note, so I'll leave that up to you if you have anything. But I don't think we do this week. <laughs> um, well, I can tell you there are three championship matches tomorrow night on NXT. There, there's something. Mm-hmm. Breezango is finally going to get their tag title shot against uh, Imperium. Again, I, oh wait! I, I for, like wait! I, I was just going to say, wait! I forgot. Uh, you don't like that. Um, how about? Um, I don't know. Uh, oh, there's an NXT Cruiserweight title match. Uh, Santo Escobar against Isaiah Swerve Scott. Does that does that make it better? Isaiah Swerve Scott, the guy who didn't win a single match in the uh, the tournament. Well, you know. Um, Drew Gulak didn't. What? Not Drew Gulak. Um, who's the other guy? It wasn't Drew. Um, oh, right. That's that's right. Swerve did, did did Swerve win one? I thought he won one. I think he did win one. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, it was the other guy from uh, from from New York? I think is. Um, shit! What the hell is that guy's name? We always come on. We, we always have problems remembering his name. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Because yeah. um, it was him, the, Jake. the premier athlete. Um, what the hell is that guy's name? You guys, you can tell we're uh, we're we're recording later tonight. Big fans. Yeah, we're dude. We're recording. It's we can't. Oh, Tony Nice. Tony Nice. Yeah. I was getting there. It's 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 late. I have to teach early in the morning, so I was getting it's on there. the tip of our tongues. It was indeed. Um, <laughs> So, you know, it should be some good stuff, I would figure. You know, we're going to see what the direction is coming out of NXT. It's going to be interesting to see how they work around carrying Cross's injury. Um, yeah. I assume they'll open the show tomorrow, so it will be interesting to see. Um, 
but yeah, I, I feel like I've gotten some stuff off my chest. I feel a little bit better about it. So I guess we're done here. As far as positivity, you know what? Look at your family. Love them. In spite of whether you, you liked your wrestling this weekend or not, I and mean, love your family, do what you need to do. Uh, find, find ways to be happy and don't hate watch what you don't like. Find some happiness in life and go after it. That's all I got. That's my, my deep statement for the night. Amen to that, brother. So, uh, so like I said, you know, this was just going to be a quick thoughts and opinions uh, show on you know, this past weekend's stuff that we got to watch. Um, uh, we'll be back to talk about the NXT main roster career of Charlotte Flair. I promise you uh, that one is coming your way soon. Um, so until then, uh, for Scott Tyson, I'm Mark White saying thanks for listening. Uh, we're desperately out of time. We'll see you next week. AEO Radio is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The songs used throughout the show are properties of the respective copyright holders.